Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that broadcasts live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. One man, one vote, one shilling. Gadoniwa Mushomba, Member of Parliament for the Ngori Constituency, Chair of the Constitution Implementation and Oversight Committee. What does it mean? Very well. Um, we would want to see a situation where areas that has dense population and has, therefore has more people uh, get allocated more resources equivalent to the number of people living in that area. Currently, that's not what happens, especially with the funds that we have the mandate uh, to participate in the sharing. Mm -hmm. Like you do know that members of parliament are currently the patrons of CDF, the National Government Constituency Development Fund, and the women reps are also patrons of the National Government Affirmative Action Fund. And members who come from areas where there's more population, like myself, um, find it very difficult to share out these resources compared to members who come from areas that are sparsely populated. And therefore this we feel is kind of a discriminative um, um, platform mm. and we need it reviewed so that we can equalize everyone. We also need to look at the uh, power of representation in the same same area because it's not fair for um, a constituency that has over 700,000 voters to have one members of one member of parliament and also have one vote whenever it comes to making decisions at the platform of both the national assembly and the national senate mm -hmm. and therefore we feel it is important we either come up with a super constituency where a member of such a constituency get power to vote twice or thrice but gets the same salary for one member of parliament noting that we are we are pressed when it comes to you know wage bill but also give the members fair representation. Mm. There are also awards, like in my constituency, we have a ward that has a population that is equivalent to a whole constituency, but it mm. is a ward, and it is represented by one MCA. So when it comes to uh, fair representation, you can imagine the people who come from that ward who want to see their MCA, how many can access to the MCA? If a ward has 38,000 mm. voters, and they only have one MCA, and the MCA has a small cubicle called office, and uh, he needs to see all those people because of the needs of uh, uh, representation. Mm. Yeah. So that is what is informing us that we need now to have a national conversation and get to know which criteria do we use. And by the way, I'm sure I'm not the only one who is talking about one man, one shilling, one vote. We have quite a number of MPs. I think I have counted there are about 17 MPs now who mm. have gone public talking about the need to have this national conversation. It's not that we want to take everything to ourselves in our backyard for those who come from densely populated areas, but we think this is a national conversation that we need to come up with so that we can finally agree. Which is that that can equate us? What formula can equate us? Can make me feel like I fairly, I'm fairly uh, getting what I'm supposed to be getting. Mm. So let's concentrate on the CDF. I thought as a member of parliament and as a second time a member of parliament, I have an opportunity to amend the Constituency Development Fund Act so that we can be allowed to have 
a baseline population that mm. we can uh, you know use baseline i mean the minimum quotient that we can use as a baseline for any constituency to for us to get um, uh, the smallest devolved units within the constituency to be used to allocate funds mm. right now the cdf act we use the smallest uh, uh, devolved unit is the ward yeah so we need to define that smallest devolved unit called ward what is the minimum it can have so for any ward that has more than the baseline that we shall come up with then we allocate funds equivalent mm. to the numbers they are in okay that way constituencies that have more population if we use a baseline of number of people mm -hmm. and we come up with a certain figure the, the the constituencies that have more population we end up getting more wards okay. based on the population Just and those those units then dictate how much money we can get okay. we can receive Just like that way saying, we'll be yeah. able to increase the amount of money that is going to the um, most densely populated areas areas just like you're saying you're not the f i mean you're not the first ones there are others who've, who've put forth this argument yes uh, previously yeah some who are even governors today yeah and have said look it doesn't make sense that we have such high populations and then we're getting the same if not less in some parts than others who sure. have more in sure. terms of or rather who have less in terms of population the question is the justification for this resource one and what how exactly is it translated so walk us through these monies that are being asked for that would then come at whatever level what what are they used for so that folks can understand when you're asking for one man one shilling one vote what where do where does this money go and then there's a reason why i'm asking okay i guess uh, your listeners are wondering when you say what are these monies for mm. wondering whether you live in kenya because if you do live in kenya then you do you do know that we have commercialized every service in kenya mm -hmm. education is commercialized in theory we say it is free but it's never free mm -hmm. i mean we said secondary school is free day school but we still are paying uh, of a hundred uh, of eleven thousand mm -hmm. per year yet it is supposed to be free so let me speak from where I'm coming from. From the CDF perspective, the money that is actually pressing us and giving us a lot of pressure is the bursary okay. allocation. Mm -hmm. Where in my constituency, the much I can afford to give to a child who is in day school is 3,000. Okay. Yet there are constituencies that are giving, uh, they can afford to give 100,000, mm -hmm. even 70,000. To one child. child. Yes. Yeah. And I am sure uh, this is on rec record. It's not uh, an allegation. So my voters wonder, what is it that we did that we cannot get more than 3,000? By the way, you should see the faces of my voters when they are receiving the 3,000 checks. They are overexcited. They wait for the, for the check the whole day because of the processes. You know, these are government fund. You have to follow the rules and the procedures and the steps they are in. And, and therefore, we feel it's unfair. I mean, when I read social media and uh, I see a child in certain constituencies posting a check of 170,000 bursary allocation against my 3,000 shillings. And by the way, I'm doing very well. Mm. Giving 3,000, I'm doing very well. Mm. There are constituencies that are giving 1,000. Royal constituency, the much they could have afforded to give per child based on the needs was 772 shillings. What? Yes. That's a much Royal constituency could have afforded. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it fair 
for that rural voter mm. getting 770 mm. shillings mm. against that a voter who is getting 170,000 170, yeah it's not fair mm. so we are saying can we start from where we we can afford cdf okay bursary allocation we either come up with the minimum population per ward as the smallest devolved unit define that unit and say for any ward to survive it has to have this amount of people or many people from there we allocate funds for bursary or we come up with a standard regulation and say any child in kenya receiving bursary mm. the allocation will be standard okay uniform mm -hmm. say every child is entitled to get three thousand mm -hmm. all right across board across board okay but i have a problem mm. a big problem like i started uh, in the onset of this show the minute we mix politics with budgets we lose it. That's it. Because I don't even understand why we have bursaries. Why do we have bursaries? That's a question Good. I was about to ask yeah. you. Why yeah. is it such a big we issue? Why do we have bursaries? Right. If the government was Every giving us... Every child in us, Kenya today yeah. receives a capitation from yeah. the Ministry of Education, yes. which is uniform. Yes. If there's capitation for primary school, X amount of money is going for every child yeah. whether you're in a nairobi school yeah. in a in kambu school yeah. in a garissa school yeah. in a lamu school yeah. right why do we need bursary why not why can't you champion then for this for your constituencies about 40 million shillings yeah well for all constituencies it's yeah. capped at 35 percent yeah. is it yeah why don't you just say that 35 percent whatever amount it comes to let it go to the ministry of education and then you oversight how the ministry the is problem is money. the efficiencies and the effectiveness therein in government procedures okay can i explain can i explain yes i am not so sure whether that capitation money gets to every child in my constituency I called my principals and chairs of BOM about last week on Wednesday and I was shocked that there are some chairs of BOMs and principals of schools who do not know yet how much capitation money they have received because even the transparency of those accounts are questionable. I mean, I'm a principal of a school and I don't know how much my school is getting in terms of capitation. Why? That was Why the day I saw the head of uh, education uh, read those lists and every principal was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so if if we cannot actually even know what's going on, I mean, the processes are just wrong. Why don't can they I, know? Can I continue with this? Because mm. it is very important. When I was a county woman MP for, for Kiambu County as a woman rep, as popularly known as, we had an allocation of 500 million allocated to us women reps but through ministry of education to supply sanitary towels mm -hmm. to all schools public schools it i've never done a painful exercise than that one mm -hmm. a very painful exercise where i went into a school and asked where are your allocations i mean where are the sanitary towels yet every school was allocated sanitary towels and in some schools they disappeared the girls never got them i got myself fighting with a lot of head teachers ministry of education asking questions that had no answers even today no answers so if we trust that those are the people we are going to give a hundred percent of capitation then we are wrong the only person who can be trusted with resources is a politician because and i will, I will justify they're directly accountable not directly accountable because i'm actually not accountable to cdf because i'm not an accounting officer but this it's a, like an exchange it's like an exchange i give you this because I want to make my name better for you to give me votes next time. But So the only people who delivered sanitary towels for the last uh, five years during Magoha's and uh, Matiangi's Ministry of Education regime 
are the women reps. Mm. When they were given the sanitary towels to go and distribute in schools, that is the only time the sanitary towels were visible. Yes. Because Which the one? women rep want to be visible mm. and want to make sure that they yeah. have delivered, they've taken the photos, Mwe and they have records of what they've done. Yes. But using your own opening statement yeah. that budgets and politics don't mix. Yes. The moment you're giving uh, the budget yeah. to the Mweshimua to deliver, yeah. because the formal government process is Has not failed. delivering, yes. you then have a conflict when yes. it comes to oversight. I agree, 100%. So, there's a missing link in all of this, which yes. is the public. Because our systems don't work. And you even use those words. Yeah. You use the word transparency. Yes. You use the word accountability. accountability yes. We haven't built in or operationalized those um, those structures. Yes. They exist in law mm -hmm. because you're supposed to have the bottom up mm -hmm. accountability mechanism. Mm -hmm. Empower mm -hmm. the, 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 the the citizen. Mm -hmm. Do the civic education mm -hmm. because we've lost our value foundations. Right now, citizens are not necessarily the most accountable. You have to go back and actually say accountability works. Keep an eye on your resources when they come. Make sure the disbursements are done properly. So that you don't have, um, you know, the bad manners that we are mm. seeing in government mm. are also percolating down to the citizens. So we need to act, operationalize that. The other thing you talked about, you need to have a proper policy framework. Because we must recognize there are parts of this country that have been historically marginalized. And it's only in the last 10 years that these parts of this country actually have become a part of Kenya. And the students and the young people from this country are able to enjoy the same access to education, beginning to enjoy access to health because resources have devolved. Thank so you. it's not a perfect system, but there is a principle that must never be lost, which is the principle of inclusion. I so agree. yes, we need to look at the... the the allocations cdf is very different from counties and we can't i think there are lessons from cdf from from the division of revenue and the sharing but a county government unlike cdf which is a more direct fund a county government deals very holistically and the functions are you know um they are dealing with maintaining um, a government, a, a county civil service mm. for all intents and purposes. They have a county assembly. So the administrative burden on counties cannot be equated to the okay. CDF. Okay. The last point is one of the weaknesses with uh, uh, sharing of revenue is that the urban factor has been ignored. So that urban centers, because if you look at um, Kiambu County, mm. which actually should be organizing itself so that even the status of the county can be elevated as has been done with Nakuru and, mm -hmm. and Kisumu and yeah. all, yeah. there is supposed to be an urban, govern, an, an urban fund so that you take care of high population um, centers or counties because of the special needs that they have. Okay. As opposed to saying, let us go the one person, uh, one shilling, one vote, because that will work against some of the far-flung areas. Their infrastructure outlay is humongous just because of the um, how wide, you know, the geographic spread. The historical issues still haven't been addressed because the equalization grant has not been disbursed, is also not really a uh, quite a, a big uh, kitty that can 
put parts of the country on par. So there are many dimensions. No, and I see, would argue, see, for me, the, I agree that there should be a dialogue, but let us agree what do we want to come out of the dialogue as opposed to locking to one position that it has to be about population. It has to be about population, Shiro, because at the end of the day, mm. this government and the economical, economic and political setup is all around the power of votes. It's all about the power of votes. Mm. So it is not right for us to be the biggest basket in terms of votes, but we, come, we become the smallest basket in terms of the share. That we must agree. Mm -hmm. Number two, we must agree that our constitution declares uh, uh, the people of Kenya sovereign. I mean, people are sovereign. Resources should revolve around them and they should feel fairly taken care of. We feel the pressure, Shiro. For example, in Kiambu County, and I'm glad that uh, my colleague was here yesterday, Gigi Kagombe from Gatundu South, and I echo what he's talking about even in schools. We are the dormitory of Nairobi, for example, Kiambu. Mm -hmm. We house everybody who is working in Nairobi. Pressure is on us on sewerage system, on water, mm -hmm. on electricity. But when it comes to the sharing of that uh, resource to boost and up our services, mm. then we feel that we are being uh, yes. we are being uh, uh, discriminated against. Yes. So it is time now we have this national discussion, so that those that are arguing that they come from sparsely uh, 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 densely, I mean sparsely populated area, but they have a, a vast, vast land, land against us who are saying we are coming from these very densely populated areas. Where can we meet? We mm -hmm. must have this national di dialogue. Where can we meet? But I don't like it when people gag me. I don't like it when people start reminding me of my political party. Mm. I don't like it when oh, people start telling, yeah, people start telling me where I'm coming from. I mean, where I'm coming from is none of the business. And I want to talk to the people who are actually blaming those that are talking about one man, one shilling, one vote. Mm. Accusing us of dragging BBI into the Kenya Konza government. Mm. I want to talk to them. Talk. I want to talk to them because... Mm. If you don't believe in one man, one shilling, one vote, what was, which was on a, an, a proposal within BBI, then you should not even believe in the housing because low housing was a mantra that was led by the former president Uhuru Kenyatta. If you are going on with affordable housing, then you are also working on what Uhuru Kenyatta left. Mm. <laughs> if you're finishing an unfinished project like Mau Mau project, mm. they were Uhuru Kenyatta's flagship project. Mm. If, if you are if you're finishing them then it means you believe in what Uhuru Kenyatta proposed mm. if you're working on a universal health care and you want to put more budget and finish and accomplish and achieve then you're also taking over Uhuru Kenyatta's mantras mm. so you can't come and zero me uh, I mean put me in the cage and tell me Gadoni, stop talking about one man one shilling one vote because this was Uhuru Kenyatta's if we achieve this one man one shilling one share one vote share is it Uhuru Kenyatta who is going to benefit or it is our people from the Mount Kenya region? We need to sober up. Wish and I don't me. want to be gagged. I do not want to be told that I belong to this political party and the party is not saying this mm. because I went to my people and I convinced them that Kenya Kwanza government is, is a good government. Mm. I mean, it's going to be good government and it is government of the people. And when I go to parliament to do what I'm supposed to do, I have actually proposed a law. Mm. That is my mandate as a member of parliament. I have gone to parliament to do what I'm supposed to do. And I have written to the speaker. And the speaker has my letter. Mm. And there are many others who have also proposed other formulas. Let all the formulas be put on the table. Let us have a, a national dialogue. dialogue. And let us agree on the way forward. Mishmiwa, I've been listening to you. And I like what I'm hearing. There's no question that you are passionate about the people you represent. 
you actually want to see good done by them. But I also hear you to be saying that the parliament you belong to is unable to oversight. And because they are unable to oversight, when it comes to some of these divisions of the monies that are supposed to benefit our collective population and peoples, we must look at other ways of divvying it up other than through the channels we have. And you propose politicians are good, and I agree with you, they are. Because they are vested in the population. In the absence of the population, they do not really have any bearing. Mm. But Mushmiwa, even as I listen and as I agree with you, there's a dishonesty that you've highlighted. And the dishonesty is that governments are continuums. People take credit for what has happened and what is good. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, somebody else started it. Mm -hmm. And you've highlighted it beautifully. Roads, SGR, those were Kibaki government things. But that's how governments work. So are we saying that the leaders we elect, you are going to explain to us what happens when you get in that house. Because the people we know and the people we then get to know once they get in, something happens. The honest conversations that can genuinely bring about the changes that all members of parliament propose to bring to their people. Is it not possible for people to put their so-called party affiliations aside and on issues such as the one you're talking about, the one person, one vote, one shilling, a very sensible suggestion. I, I even, I, I wonder why people argue against it when in my mind it is so clear and so obviously clear that it's a sensible thing. It's inclusive and it's, it, it brings about equitability at a level that you don't argue against. Why are you people incapable of doing this? Because I'm hearing you say there you have colleagues who will can't they see these things? They can see, but of course, like I said, they are politicians and they come from political parties that have their own positions on issues. I know you know there are things called PG parliamentary groups yes, meetings yes, where yes. the party leader will call you and tell you I know you believe in one man one shilling one vote or I know you believe in one two three but this is the party position and you are as opposed to abide by that really? so it's all about um, it's all about a web of politics okay. when you don't abide that what swallow happens? the issues that need to be highlighted you but, know but at the end so, of the so day. let me finish because he has asked me that question so um, sometimes and I agree with you. Sometimes when we are asking for votes and we are in the public gallery, we talk a lot of sense, real sense, because we live in the same communities that we represent, represent and we share into their problems and issues. But when it gets to this parliamentary political mm. setup, mm. you find it is like a lesson plan. You have a lesson plan. <laughs> you know, I'm a teacher mm. by profession. Teacher. Yeah. So you have a lesson plan which you have to abide by right. and set exams against to, you know according to so so that is the disconnect my brother some of us feel like we are in a cage you want to fly out and say it and do it and bring the revolution but you're bound <laughs> by those webs of political parties so city is asking yeah if you don't what happens if you don't you just look like you're a zombie you don't get the support. You don't get the support. You, you can't move yeah, the you're agenda. Not, yeah, exactly. Like, like for example, Shiro started off saying, I'm one of those that really complained about the gender issue, the gender parity, the gender representation in the National Assembly's leadership. 
I come from the previous parliament where I was also a leader in a committee. And I I was happy when the previous regime gave women very strategic committees. You know there are strategic committees in the National Assembly that controls certain aspect of budget. Mm. For example, if you asked me, the best person to have as a chair of health committee is a woman mm. because there are many things that women are passionate about that we can execute through budget committee i mean through health committee but in this parliament i came out very strongly and i have no apologies because that's the truth this parliament women were put aside mm-hmm. they were not given the strategic departmental committees we were given select committees i'm a chair of a select committee yet i served in a departmental committee in the previous parliament mm-hmm. so, so so i want to speak as a woman leader remember i have been the chair of kewapa for two and a half years mm-hmm. and and i want to speak as like a woman but i'm also in that web of a political party mm-hmm. so i don't want to speak against my party leader's position mm-hmm. my party leader doesn't want to tell me exactly what he wants but he wants also to play his politics and mm-hmm. balance region and balance interests and balance money no, 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 no. then i am there mm-hmm. i am in that formula wanting to bust out. <laughs> yes wanting to bust out but you can't because you are in that web so my brother in as much as we want to call it theoretical politics so parliament cannot practical politics no Parliament, parliament really, can oversight. The leader of the major political parties is either the president or the head of the opposition. Right? Sure, sure. So if the head, the president commands a majority, then this majority, he controls the majority, the he freedom, controls their thinking. The freedom to oversight is limited. Limited to the extent of the influence of the political parties. Mm. That is a problem. Mm. Let's discuss tyranny this. Of, that is tyranny of numbers. Mm. Let's discuss this uh, yes. uh, as we continue into the next hour. You can stay with us for a couple of more minutes and then we take some calls. Yes, because so I still hear. feel that I have not exhausted the, the reasoning behind one man, one shilling, and one vote. And, and why we are also asking for us in Kiambu County and other counties that are densely populated like ours to be allowed to have uh, a local quota system in our national schools. Okay. Yeah. Local, local quota in the national yeah, schools. Yeah. Because Kiambu has... How many national schools? About seven. Oh, well. And my children from Gidongori, even yeah. have, even have after achieving mm, uh, and get. qualifying to get to those schools, they don't get opportunities. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.